dishing up tasty morsels of tarot wisdom. Oracle Soup with your host, Katrina Wynn and Gina Thies, two saucy sisters, broadcasting from the magnificent Oregon coast and from deep in the heart of Texas. And inviting your questions about tarot, oracles, counseling skills, reading advice, and more. On Facebook, like our Oracle Soup page and share your wisdom. Soup is hot and it's ready to be served. Welcome back to Oracle Soup. This is Katrina Wynn out in Oregon with my Texas sister, Dana. Dana, please. Dana. Dana. Actually, I think, okay, no, I, I'm not going to say it. I, I think, I think, oh, yeah, please don't say it. No, I'm not going to say it. You know, I, I, I was thinking when we, we were following up on the chutney, uh, chatting chutney, I, I said, one day we, it'll be hard for you. I'd have to, we'd have to do this in person because you would never do it without me. I'm like, we should do the Drunken Tarot Show. Oh, oh. I won't get mad, and I won't knock people's cowboys' hats off. Our okay. Anyway, yes, yes. Gina <laughs> in social situations, usually at tarot conferences. We won't go any further on that one. Well, yeah, I, you know, I, I have a lot to say. That's why she does. She why definitely that's does. That's why we're doing a, a podcast. Don't make me talk. Do do not make me talk. That's all I have to say. But, you know, and the I'm, I'm, thing is, is we're both pretty much introverts. I'm so it's, shy and quiet. See, I tell people that all the time, and they're like, "No, you're." No, they look at me strange. I'm like, "No, I'm very shy and quiet." So, people who tend to be more introverted have a whole lot going on on the inside, and it's just fun. And this is the fun we have together when you have somebody on the outside that you really click with, because then you go, "Well, you know what? Maybe I do feel like talking because I've got somebody who." actually can relate to what i'm saying i know we're we're just too geeky that's what happens and that's what we we're talking about being tarot tarot geeks tarot like, geeks yeah we find we found each other that's why that's what happened and so it's like um we share these this talk and talk and talk and talk and have these conversations and it's like you know people don't get me i don't know if they get me or not and you're like i don't know they don't get me either. i'm like i know because we you know we we are we have we're differently but brained. i get you <laughs> That's what's going on with us. We're differently brained. See, I know. I, I Part of it is I'm tired. Okay. So anyway, differently brained, which, you know, there's a certain way you process internally where, yeah, I can, you can understand. And that's just, you know, having a link, having being able to understand. I think introverts do have that. Um, we have that special link. And we've probably lost everybody who was listening to us right now. <laughs> But you know what? We invite you to stay tuned because we really are going to do part two in our chat and chutney. And we're going to pick up on the topic that we left off with in the last session. Thanks for tuning in to Oracle Soup. Pull up a chair and join Gina and Katrina for a bowl of warm and nourishing conversation. Coming up next... 
Welcome back to Chat and Chutney Part Two. <laughs> I know we're getting we're having so much fun with this. We started or something is it new. Chip and Chubby. <laughs> <laughs> it's at some point it's going to be shooting the chutney, which is a, a whole other. <laughs> I'm telling you, see, at some point we're going to do drunken drunken Carol chat. That's like that drunken history show. All um, right, anyway. she's just shaking her finger at me right now. Folks. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to do that. Uh, we, okay. We'll be innovative and somebody's going to do it and then we're going to go, that was our idea. No, people, <laughs> people at Tarot take themselves much too seriously to do something like that. So, <laughs> so anyway, we want to talk about uh, another thing that we're just kind of rolling in and, and babbling. We ended with babbling, but yes. uh, we, we were talking about the, 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 the cult and belief systems and uh, in and doing power and power dynamics is yeah. where we're actually going to go. Um, I had written um, many, many moons ago uh, an article for um, the newsletter, which talked about imposing your belief systems onto your clearance and being very conscious and, and careful with um, that in the sense of what I was writing from. So let's just say... Katrina, you would be someone, uh, a reader, and I'm not saying you are, I'm just using you as an example, who has a strong beliefs in unicorns and angels and dragons, and you think those are your guides. And so I would come to you, and I have no connection to any of that. Yes, I may um, believe in angels. I'm, I, I'm, you know, I come from a very fundamentalist background. I'm open to getting a reading because, you know, I've heard so many wonderful things, but that other stuff has, but you, you insist in your readings are saying that your particular guides. Yes. There's this one unicorn and his name is Harry. Okay. And he's coming through right now. Okay. And Harry says he's very close to you. You've been ignoring him and he's got some very important message for you right now. Right. And it's Harry the unicorn. Right. So, so then to me, it's like, I'm, I'm going to just, you know, kind of zone out because number one, I'm resisting this unicorn thing. Cause I, I mean, it's cool and no judging, but that's not going to be impactful for me because frankly, number one, I just think those are mythological creatures. And that is not something that, you know, that, that kind of juts against my own Belief system, right. And so, number one, I, I'm going to be, shake my head, at, but number one, you're not being, you know, you just lost We're the We're not connecting. You're not connecting. Yeah. And um, you insist that Harry is saying stuff, and so I'm, I'm getting more and more resistant. And so there are many things that come out of that readings that will tell a person, you know, well, this is not something that's being helpful. And, you know, the, you may be dead on in saying what you're saying, but some part of me is I have a resistance. Another thing that came up, speaking of that, um, I saw someone post something about people don't, or just don't listen. And I said, yes, we, we naturally have a resistance. And when people are saying things, especially when it says you need to take this action, uh, you and I have often said people, people don't listen. I always say people don't listen to me. Um, just well, you're it. talking about directives. When yeah, a reading about- includes things like directives and mm-hmm. you're, 
you're very you're giving people a prescription basically you're saying i am prescribing this belief system for you or i'm prescribing this particular behavior or this particular choice and i'm basing this prescription on my prediction based on my understanding of the cards or the spirits or whatever i'm using that might work for some people who are part of your and this is where we were kind of using that word a little bit part of your cult or part, someone who resonates with that belief system or comes from a similar place, those would be ideal people to work with. But what if that person's from a different point of view, like you were mentioning in this example? And how is the point of the reading, and this is the thing I kind of come back to and I talk about it in my own book, is, is the point to be right, where you're right and your client's wrong? Or is the point to have a meaningful exchange where you actually have something to share with each other and there's more fluidity and flow between you and the cards. There are many, many people that have different ways of working with a car. I mean, we have people that come in um, with a with a certain mindset of how they're going to read. I mean, you, you have to keep in mind uh, the tarot community on its in itself is very small. There are many, many readers outside of what we know in terms of our immediate community there are many readers that have they 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 read the way they read and they have no idea or don't care about all of this other stuff it's a tradition some of them say they've been doing it this way for generations they have no interest in in expanding and learning further than where they are that's that's fine and that's cool um uh, sounds like people yeah you know (laughs) it's it's fine in itself but when so when you say oh and I, i i am going to say write this thing and you do it this way um based on what you know it doesn't necessarily translate over to what other people want to do anyway that was that was one thing again babbling and and rolling <laughs> saying, saying stuff in terms of if you think you know you're coming to me i guess the point with that is so if you have a a, a reader their system their tradition what they know is that person a person will come to me and i do a particular uh prediction or uh, predictive or prescription style reading and that's worked for me and it's worked for my clientele then then that that works okay um it's when they start the cult stuff comes in when <laughs> I am, I am the only person that can tell them this works. You know, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of the thing. I don't recommend recommend them going outside of what I'm saying uh, to get this information. Um, And I think it, 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 if you want to grow as a, a reader, you look for what works for you and to try to improve on your, um, your system or your method or your process. And that's the most important thing. There are um, there are different ways that some will work better and, and some may not. So you brought up the thing about cults again, and that triggered for me some very important things from my own training as a psychotherapist, which is a cult, what we're calling a cult, is really hard to define because there's a historical definition, there's a popular definition, there's even this term called cult of personality, which is actually very, very popular in the media, and it's also a, a sign of success with your branding and social media. So, you know, without actually specifically defining and talking about each of those, underneath the surface, what I look at are things such as power, rank, and privilege, so, what do those things mean? Uh, power would mean, it, in using the examples you just used, in my reading, am I 
creating an atmosphere and do I have a style that empowers my client or is it more important to me to have power over my client? So examples of having power over a client, which could fall under the cult definition, the modern cult definition, would be I have you coming back and you depend on me for your answers and you keep feeding me money and and of course there can be some very illegal things that go on in a very extreme direction but it can also be very subtle and very light so am i getting power from you are you a source of power for, for me am i a bit of a vampire getting some yummy food and energy off of you or is this an empowering situation where we freely give and exchange and it seems very fair now, what about privilege? Privilege would be, um, did I grow up in a particular culture or atmosphere where I learned things? So you mentioned the thing about uh, an art being passed on from one family member to the next. Now, that would be a privilege. Some people were brought up at a very young age learning something really interesting and beautiful and powerful where the rest of us had to learn it from a book or a teacher or, or just figuring it out on our own. So the privilege is having some guidance then. Privilege can also be what part of the world did you grow up? Did you grow up in a part of the world where your gifts were honored? If you were absolutely naturally intuitive or naturally psychic, were you honored for that or did you have to hide it? You know, So privilege could be, gee, I can really freely just be myself, which is very empowering for me. Typical ways that privilege show up is that, for instance, being white in a white culture automatically gives a person a privilege because the culture supports it. Unfortunately, I must say, and I apologize for that. But I'm it's having the truth. a deja vu. I'm having a deja vu. Like we Yay. had this conversation before. <laughs> could be. Could be. It's my lecture, actually. <laughs> and so privilege each one of us would do well to do our personal inventory and go, okay, where am I privileged? Did I, am I privileged because I had an education? Am I privileged because I have a house and, and a roof over my head and I have meals three times a day? You know, so really understanding the privileges that we have that maybe we take, uh, we take for granted in some way or another. And then see how does that work into our work? You know, do I come from a place of I know more than you because of my privilege? And do I hold that over you in some way or another? Does that... Uh, add to my charisma, for instance, does that add to my um, my draw? And then, of course, that ties into power. And so th th the next thing that leads to is rank. So rank is very hierarchical, right? So as long as you have a hierarchical system, there's going to be people on top and there's going to be the people at the bottom. And so the question is, is how do I rank based on my privilege? And is that rank automatically given to me or did I earn it? Or am I fighting for it? You know, uh, often rank is very much uh, tied in with uh, ability to make money and to be successful. And a lot of people in the Tarot world want to know about that. How can I be successful? How can I raise my rank? Even my ratings and things like Facebook or Twitter or whatever, it's like I want to have a higher rank and how do I get there? Absolutely. So, so we all need to look at things like our rank and how does that feed into the way we interact with each other as well as with our clients and with ourselves. And then is that based on privileges that were handed to us naturally at birth or through our, our life experiences? And then how does that influence the way that we use our power? Are we going to use our rank and our privilege to empower other people? Or are we going to use it to overpower people so we can maintain that privilege so that it keeps a higher rank for us? You know, I'm going to dovetail off of that a little bit because I was um, 
in a conversation with a, another person that is a, a, a psychotherapist and um, talked about this exact thing and being able to help people and the the there's a natural natural setting of a hierarchical uh, relationship um, I hope I'm saying that right uh, in, in terms of reader and uh, querent now the thing is a querent may or may not come to you for advice they may only they, they may come to um, sort of have you as a sounding board and not looking to uh, have you solve or tell them anything as much as is it, it's just about, okay, I'm talking through this and this is what I need you to do. So I think part of uh, being a professional reader is to recognize this person does not m- need me to tell them much of anything. They just are, you know, and I have had some very interesting um, clients over the, just in the, over the past month where I've had people that had no um, prior relationships with readers versus someone who's m- much, you know, very much seasoned and just the difference in how they respond to the reading themselves is, is just night and day. Um, a lot, they don't waste your time, which is kind of, okay, you're saying this and this and this and this. Got it. Even for me, an example would be one of my favorite readings was when I was working at a psychic fair and this quote unquote client shows up and sits down, asks permission to use my cards, proceeds to give themselves a reading and then pays me. I thought that was beautiful. Oh, yeah. Because in my world, that's an empowering experience. I don't have to be the reader. The cards are there. The person's basically just paying for my time and the use of my cards. But but also for me, as being a, a person who's holding that space for them you and really have, honoring what they're doing. And I know we tend to like butt into each other. But when you say something, I have to say, you said the most important thing that I always tell people, people are not paying for the reading. They are paying for your time. I cannot stress that enough. When I come to you for a session, even as a psychotherapist, when I come to you, I'm coming to your, I'm using your block of time, the time you've set aside for me. It's not about the reading. And that's a whole other thing that one day we will we'll get into about charging and, 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 and the time thing, but uh, which I've done some work around and has, has shifted for me, but they're paying for the time to use, um, to spend with you. Uh, and uh, so anyway, the other, the other part we were talking about is being able to actually, if you do need to, you know, help someone, um, it's good to be able to help someone when you are, uh, the way she explained it was one level up. Uh, above the person because there's and I see that as um, a few a few different ways like you have done uh, education and training to be able to do a specific job your job right and so within that you that also comes with knowing that you can only take a person so far or you have uh, a perimeter into which you will be able to help a person or take them through a scenario so I hear a lot of people teach about oh you're with terror within tarot or other spiritual uh, um, you know spiritual esoteric things they're like taking you through a journey of the soul and opening this up and I, I, I always say you need to be very very careful of when you're opening opening people up to things because you don't know what they're going to come what's going to come out and so what I have found is you want to people tend to think I want to do really deep work with tarot 
right? And so it opens up stuff. And you could understand this as a, you could op- people could have um, triggered memories. And so now you've done this very deep work, <laughs> and you they they go and have some triggered thing, and they freak out and they want to call you for a reading or get in again. But oh no. You know, a lot of us, well, we don't want them dependent on our reading, so they just need to schedule out. You know, we don't read for them for another six weeks. And I think that's nonsense. And I think that's not doing a service to our querents who may at that moment have a crisis, so to speak, and and want to clarify something that came up. But they also might be an optimum time to make a referral to someone who might be um, more of a safer container for all those things that were triggered by the reading. Well, yes, yes, yes. But keeping in mind that, and I say this about readers too, we are the first line of defense. They may not. And some people do have therapists. They're, 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 they're like, well, you know, my therapist is for this and you are for this. It is not to say you're replacing that role. And yes, have the referrals. But as the first line of defense, so to speak, they may not have had, they may May, may not have a relationship with someone who is um, licensed to deal with what's going on. However, that's why I think in educating yourself or wanting to open up, if you want to really do a certain type of thing with your, you know, it's up to the individual. Yeah. You have those resources, you have those resources and you know, you, the most important thing is knowing when it's time to do that. If they, if they are, if it's something that's beyond you. I get what you're saying because what it reminds me of is in the, and I'm a little shy to say this, but from my Native American background, what most people would consider to be a more shamanic style of of relating to people, the idea is you don't take people into uh, the great mystery unless you yourself know the way back. Absolutely. And we we can't really take a client further than we are able to hold that safe container for them in some form or another. And I and I wanted to give one little example from my life. One of my favorite places for doing readings each year is at the Oregon Country Fair because it's a very open environment. It's a very progressive environment. And a lot of the clients who come to me are just ripe for something really transformational. It's like they're ready. And I've even had... Uh, clients come to me who are like what you consider like an indigo child or a star person and even though I myself am not I don't think I wouldn't wouldn't consider myself an indigo child because I study the tarot I feel like the tarot prepared me to at least create a safe space for that person to explore that aspect of themselves can you so, can you elaborate just very briefly in terms of what you experience as an indigo child or crystal child or so, like I was saying, I'm not a, a, a crystal indigo child, so I can't speak for that. But what I understand is like people who already remember uh, the world that maybe they came from, uh, they're multidimensional beings sometimes, um, they're very cosmic. Those are some of the terms that might go along with them. And um, so, for instance, this particular client I'm thinking of who gave me permission to talk about our session um, – did not think dualistically. And it's, it's hard for most of us to think this way, but a lot of younger people can maybe relate to this. There are people who are born in this world who are not conflictual. 
They don't come in looking for conflict. They don't look for isms. And they're very open-hearted. And they're very sensitive. And they're very tender. And, and in that sense, very vulnerable. And to be able to navigate a world that's still living very dualistically and, and very um, right, wrong, good, bad, kind of some of the things we've been talking about yeah. in these last two sessions, um, they are very raw. And it's so beautiful to see someone who's very congruent about that. They're very much uh, secure in themselves by being that vulnerable person, a place where the rest of us put up our blocks and put up our uh, guards and, and our armoring. So I believe, for me anyway, when I study the Tarot, the star card represents that awareness to me, somebody who's able to tap into altered state awareness and tries to bring it back to the earth. And so the hardest thing that I find with these clients when they come to see me is they're saying, look, I am so used to being in the other world, I don't know how to be in this world. Yeah, and mm-mm-mm, I have, we, this is, that would be a whole other talk show for us it to go be. into because <laughs> I, I've been talking about this lately a lot too, and I see, and I wonder what you experience. And I, I wasn't looking. I was wondering, like, when you when they come to you, how do you recognize that that's what they are? Are they are, are they self aware, or is it just that they, you know you've done enough about it, saying, oh, this person yes. must must be this? But I think that all the above, and sometimes they just tell me themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I tell you, being out on the West Coast, you just get all kinds of stuff, don't you? <laughs> but but one of the I do, and I love it. So this is why Gina and I get on the phone or (laughs) get on the Skype, and the next thing we know, it's been two hours. And we know we can't take you on a two-hour journey with us right now. You know, I I think think at some point, it it, it would be really cool to have, and we could talk about this off the air, so to speak, but I think people would be interested in in participating, too, and and sharing with us. So we, we might do a, you might do an OS live at some point. Um, I think that would be really cool to do and see um, if other people are actually following us. Because as far as you and I know, this is our world. <laughs> hey, we could have a chat and chutney at one of these tarot conferences. <laughs> right. Hey, thank you, everyone, for hanging in there with us. I know you'd love to add your perspective as well and that's where we invite you to write with and and share those thoughts on our oracle soup facebook page and then of course we have all of our shows available on oraclesoup.org and we invite you to listen to our archives yes all of the all they're there they're on my website my tarot advisor website i've also want to just quickly really quickly say thank you to our listeners who come up to us at conferences and appreciate the show and actually we have people that listen to us and believe it or not that I go, Oh, you, you were listening to that. That's great. And we want to just thank you. And I want to say hello to everyone that does listen and um, we'll be seeing you soon. Hopefully. Thank you for spending time with us at Oracle soup. We invite your comments and topic suggestions on our Facebook page, also named Oracle Soup. Be sure to visit our website, oraclesoup.wordpress.com, 
for hot new servings of our saucy talks, as well as past podcasts stored in our Oracle Soup pantry. And visit our individual websites and learn more about our dynamic offerings. Katrina Wynn at tarotcounseling.org. Counseling is spelled C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G. And .org is like Oregon. Gina Thies at tarotadvisor.com. Advisor spelled A-D-V-I-S-O-R. This podcast is intended only to provide a summary and general overview on matters of interest. It is not intended to be comprehensive, nor does it constitute legal advice or legal opinion. You should seek legal or other professional advice before acting or relying on any of the content. And thanks again for listening to Oracle Soup. Y'all come back now.